This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 308, Get Out and Us Movie Reviews. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise you are. was that He created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben. Ben Avery, and I am riding solo today. And why am I riding solo today? Because, you know, in all these years of podcasting, we have never had a run of bad luck as bad as we've had in the last couple of months with just technical issues and family situations and um, sicknesses. Last, uh, our usual recording time, uh, I was sick and, and couldn't record. And um, I gave Steve and Evan a challenge. Uh, what they could record about and they weren't weren't all excited about that and it just and so here i am alone today recording and that's okay we've got some cool stuff coming up in the future with uh, some different topics for easter and for some movies and, and things like that so i'm excited about those um but i wanted to get this out because i've been wanting to talk about this since i saw a couple weeks ago the movie us and so Steve and Evan both have not had a chance to see Get Out or Us, and I figured this is my time. It is my time now. This is my time, and I'm using it because uh, it worked out nicely. It's a topic I can talk about by myself because they haven't <laughs> seen the movies, and so they're not missing out on the conversation. And you know, if, if either of them do get a chance to see the movies and want to talk about it, we can bring it up in a future episode. You know, there's nothing stopping us from doing that. Uh, so the way I'm going to structure this episode, though, is uh, basically it's three layers of, of episodes, three layers of, of spoilers, I should say. Layer one is if I was having a conversation with you about these movies and I knew you hadn't seen them, but that you might be interested in seeing them. In other words, they're relevant to your interests. And Layer two will kind of dig in a little bit deeper, but still be spoiler free. And then layer three is where I'm just going to dig in and talk about spoilers and things like that and, you know, dive into the themes and talk about them openly and also talk about some issues that I had with the movies that were problematic for me. And it sounds like only me <laughs> based on what I'm seeing on Facebook and stuff. Uh, I think I've seen one person actually mention something that kind of sounds like they might agree with me on on the issues that I had. But anyway, so this that's how it's going to be structured is just imagine you and I are, you know, we're at your favorite restaurant 
and it's not a very expensive restaurant wherever we're going. Although this is our imagination, but even in our imagination, I feel like I have to keep the budget low. Uh, so we're at your favorite restaurant that's kind of cheap. Um, and we're talking movies and get out and us comes up because, uh, you know, we see a, a commercial for, uh, the digital and DVD and Blu-ray release of, of us. And, and then we start talking about them and say, Hey, uh, have you seen them? And, and this is what, this is how I would talk about these movies with you. If I knew these different layers. So layer one is just kind of general stuff. And, and if you want to see them, then, you know, listen to that part, but then go and, and then come back and listen to the other two. Uh, layer two gets in a little more detail. And then with that detail, um, hopefully, you know, if, if you're, that's going to convince you, you know, if you aren't, if you aren't already interested in seeing the movies, then layer two is for you. And then layer three is if you've seen it or don't plan to ever see it. And before we get into that, though, there is something I do want to talk about that um, the day this episode is releasing, which is Wednesday, April 3rd, 2019. Um, something else is also launching, and that is a Kickstarter campaign that I am doing with uh, Nathan James Norman from the Untold podcast and J.S. Earls from the Bible Dig podcast. And this Kickstarter campaign is for a um, a superhero drama audio series that it's it's an aggressive uh, schedule, and it's there's all sorts of crazy cool stuff we're going to be doing with that. Weekly episodes, new stories about these new superheroes. I'll talk more about it at the end. Um but uh, I just want to make sure you are aware of that. So if you go to supersonicpodcomics.com slash Kickstarter, by going there, that'll take you to our Kickstarter campaign. And we are really excited about this. And I, I just can't wait. Um, I'm writing two of the series and I'm going to talk about it at the end of this episode. So uh, those of you who want to skip the spoiler section, uh, I wanted to make sure I mentioned it now because I know there's some people who may not listen to this whole episode. But I'm like I said, I'm super excited about it. It's called Supersonic Pod Comics. Every month it will be one episode per series and they'll be coming out on Wednesdays. And so you'll have like I think this is the series order, but it'll be like the first week of the, the month will be Sumo Girl. And then the second week of the month will be Codename Superforce, which is a team series. And then the third week of the month will be The Mark, which is one of my um series that I'm writing about a guy who, when he touches you, he gives you superpowers. Basically you can run fast. You're really strong and you're bulletproof, that kind of thing. And, uh, then the next week is the randoms. That's the last week of the month. And any week that has, uh, five Wednesdays on that fifth Wednesday, there'll be a special something or other, you know, top secret kind of thing. So supersonicpodcomics.com slash Kickstarter. And you can, get in on a bunch of different levels and there's different rewards for each different level. And anyway, uh, that's, I just, like I said, wanted to mention that because some listeners may not want to listen to the spoiler section. So I want to get that out of the way. Now let's start talking about get out and us and why get out and us now. Well, partially because us just came out and partially because, uh, just as I'm recording just yesterday, Twilight Zone came out with two new episodes of The Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. And that series is produced and hosted by the writer and director of Get Out and Us, and that's Jordan Peele. 
And I don't know if you're familiar with Jordan Peele, uh, but he was on Mad TV and I really enjoyed Mad TV when that was on. And, and then there was a show called K and Peele, which I never watched uh, the show because it was on cable, but it was one of those shows that was just tailor-made for sharing video clips. And so I've seen funny video clips from K and Peele. I just haven't seen actual full episodes from that show. And that was highly acclaimed. There were a lot of people who really, really loved that show. And apparently it was super funny. And I know the clips that I saw were, were funny. And then there's these movies, which was really interesting when Get Out was kind of getting ready to launch and, and, you know, hit theaters and you find out, oh, it's Jordan Peele, this, this comedy guy from sketch comedy on, on Fox television, you know, and so that was really interesting, but then you start seeing reviews and start hearing people talk about it and, and start seeing trailers and it's just like, wow, this is really, this is intense. This is interesting. So I was very curious about it, but I never got around to seeing it. Next thing I know, his other movie is coming out, which is uh, us. And I'm just, okay, now I have to, especially since he's producing and hosting, he's doing the Rod Serling host portion of the Twilight Zone show. And, uh, just quickly, um, yeah, I'll take some time right now to kind of review the first two episodes of The Twilight Zone that he's involved as a producer. Uh, he didn't write these episodes. He didn't direct these episodes. But two episodes have been released on CBS All Access, which is a subscription service on uh, the CBS website. It's a streaming service, and I am subscribed to it because of Star Trek Discovery which is also on there. And the only way you can watch Star Trek Discovery or this Twilight Zone series are if you are paying to stream it from CBS All Access in one way or another. I believe there is a way to add that on to your Amazon Prime account. I'm not sure about that. So my plan with uh, Star Trek Discovery is got the free month at the beginning of season two. So I was able to watch episodes and then I'm paying for just a couple months after that to get through all of the rest of the episodes. And then I was going to cancel my subscription. Uh, but there's a happy overlap there because yesterday, April fool's day, April 1st, they released the first two episodes of the twilight zone. There'll be more episodes coming every week. And so there's overlap. And now I may be extending my subscription past when Star Trek discovery's final episode comes out. I, I don't know. Uh, CBS All Access is interesting to me because it is releasing stuff that I'm interested in. It's also releasing a lot of stuff I don't care about. But Star Trek Discovery is one. Twilight Zone is another. And so that I think is a $5.99 per month. Uh, I was looking at it as, okay, in a month they're going to give me four episodes of Star Trek Discovery. I can live with that. That's cool. And I'm paying, you know, a, a buck fifty for each episode. But then with Twilight Zone... Now they're adding on this. Like, it's like bonus content, you know, it's, it's bonus content. And so it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do about that subscription because then the, they're also planning a lot more Star Trek material with, uh, there's a Picard series and there's going to be an all ages animated series. And although that might not be on CBS all access, but just lots of different things happening. There's a section 31 series and a third season of Star Trek discovery. And so, CBS All Access is going to be getting money from me, and but yes, I, I get these bonus episodes. And so you get an episode called The Comedian, which was a pretty strong uh, episode. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about specifics, but it's about art, and it's about being an artist. And that really resounded with me when it's talking about you know putting yourself into your art, but then also when does that become um, – again, uh, I'm not going to – not going to spoil another episode. Maybe we'll, we'll spoil those Twilight Zone episodes. Uh, the other episode that they put out 
so that the comedian is 52 minutes and then there's a 37 minute episode they put out called nightmare at 30,000 feet, which if you are familiar with twilight zone at all, you know that they've already done an episode called nightmare at 30,000 feet, which was starring William Shatner, a little star Trek connection. They also did a section in the twilight zone movie starring John Lithgow. And both of them are about people who go on an airplane and then they look out on the wing and they see a gremlin and the gremlin is kind of picking at the wing and, you know, making it a dangerous thing for the airplane because, you know, you can't fly with pieces missing from your wing. Not going to get into more details about that. Uh, the one thing I will say is there, I, I'm not even gonna say the one thing I will say. Uh, I'll just say that, that it was kind of fun for me as a fan of podcasts and as a fan of the twilight zone to be watching this episode. And, so in general, talking about the show right now, I do want to just say that they are, they do a really good job of bringing powerful filmmaking and uh, strong scripts and great acting. Um, and, and it fits in tonally with the classic series, but with a modern spin on it. The problem is uh, it's not something I'm going to share with my children. Every single episode of the original Twilight Zone series, uh, I would share with my children, except for ones that I don't think are very good, you know, but I still could watch it with them and feel comfortable with that. Uh, I was excited about this new series because I was thinking it might be something I would watch with my kids. And like Star Trek Discovery, it's not. And that's the one disappointment about Star Trek Discovery and now this is that they're putting out some really strong modern television but these shows are also they're they're i mean with twilight zone the language alone it just makes it an r rating and it was tough the comedian one has a lot of stuff happening you know behind the scenes on a at a uh uh comedy club and there's just a lot of language going on in that and there's a lot of really foul talk happening and so if that kind of thing bothers you you're not going to want to watch these and and honestly i could see a lot of people being very disappointed as fans of the original series or even as you know fans of one of the two remakes as well but um the you know this third remake here it just uh it's there's a lot of rough language beyond that not a lot of graphic violence at all and um you know, not a lot of sexual situations at all, but you do have that language. So I put that caveat out for you. But uh, if you're looking for a really great blending of that original style of music even and, and camera angles and all those things, this really, really latches onto that and it's, it's good. And um, you can see, I, I'm not sure how much of that is Jordan Peele and how much of that is just, you know, I guess as a producer, a lot of that is him maybe bringing in the right people who who have that uh, just that bent in their their style. But uh, you can really see why he was brought in to do this when you watch Get Out and Us, because those two movies both really, really work strongly in the Twilight Zone vein where you have um, just here's our world. And here's a couple people we're going to be following and they are stepping into some craziness. And I, I would say, you know, now getting into the talking about these movies and the spoiler free talk about these movies anyway, is that these movies both work as a twilight zone episode style of thing. Um, 
but they are quality movies. Um, you know, I have my quadrants where I talk about character and theme and plot and style. And some movies are heavy on style. I mean, one example I would give for a movie that's heavy on style is 2001. It's almost all style. There's not much by way of character and character development or character arcs. There is themes involved in there. The story is very, very simple. You know, so it's not a lot of, uh, not a lot in, uh, by way of plot. But man, they spend a lot of time on style, you know, and then a mystery often is, um, you know, just focusing right in on the plot. This happens, then this happens, then this happens, and this guy has to figure it out. And this happens, and this happens, and this happens while he's trying to figure it out. And then he figures it out, you know, and then you have your movies that are heavy on theme where it's just, we have a message that we want to say, and we're going to give you that message. And then you have some movies where it's just all about character. And that's all it is, is just character, character, character. We're just going to, and those tend to be like indie movies where they have a really quirky actor or actress. and They uh, just focus in on what is this, you know, Napoleon Dynamite. That would probably be a great example of uh, one, a movie that leans heavily on character and style, but not really on theme or plot. But Get Out and Us, they are all home runs in all four of these quadrants. Now, with that said, I do have a huge issue with the plot of Us. And so in spite of that issue that I have, which I'm not going to talk about until we get to the spoilers, and I'm not even going to try and talk much to even let people, if you haven't seen it before, I don't want to let you know what I'm talking about because I want you to experience for yourself. But there, there's a couple things that happened within the storyline of us where I'm like, huh? That said, like I said before, I think I'm one of the only people who had problems with that. And, um, and I'll talk about it in the spoiler section, but I did have some issues with one aspect of the plot of us. But beyond that, these movies, stylistically, they are slick, well-made, and they harken back to old-school horror movies. Like, I'm reminded of um, The Shining, and I'm reminded of, uh, um, you know, Rosemary's Baby, or, you know, these old-school 70s horror movies. Um the ones that were done by big studios and done by prestige directors, that kind of thing. Um, the characters are, I enjoy the characters in both these movies. They seem like people that might be fun to hang out with, you know, and to sit down and, and just have a conversation with and, um, or sit down at our restaurant, our imaginary restaurant and, and have dinner with them. Um, they're likable and they're relatable. And then you have themes. The theme is all over these movies. And I wonder how much of these started with idea of a theme that, you know, Jordan Peele saying, Hey, I want to do a movie about this. And ooh, what if it was about this, you know, but, but starting with that thematic idea before moving into the actual, um, all the details of the plot and then the plot, you know, he, both of these movies start out where you think you're doing one thing and then like just as you move the move as you move through the story the story changes and you find out oh i thought it was this it's actually this and there's some big twists and you know the trailers reveal stuff where you're thinking i know the twist and you might but you don't know every twist 
And there's a lot of good stuff happening there. So, you know, staying spoiler, staying spoiler free, who do I recommend these movies to? I definitely would recommend these movies to fans of horror and fans of thoughtful horror. You know, we talk about thoughtful sci-fi and, you know, think movies like moon and, um, and Annihilation and and Arrival, where I, I would call those thoughtful sci-fi. Th- these are thoughtful horror movies where it's got jump scares. It's got gross things happening. You know, um, there's some body horror involved. And, you know, there's there's those horror tropes that are involved in it. But it's also very thoughtful as far as like what this represents and what this could mean. And there's more to it than just here's the story. It's there's ideas behind the story and, you know, your mileage will vary, I guess, on on how the ideas resound with you and how the plot resounds with you and that kind of thing. But if you are a fan of movies that make you think, well, that's that's what you get here. These movies made me think and I like that. Uh, Now, it helps that they are, um, you know, current social consciousness is focused on some of the things that this, these movies make you think about. And so it's kind of a perfect storm there. But Jordan Peele, man, and I would say Get Out is probably the movie I, I enjoyed mo- the most. Uh, Us had the most interesting stuff going on. But Get Out as a full movie, I feel like was a, was a better film. But both very strong movies. And like I said, in the spoiler section, I'll talk about my big issue with the story of of us. Um, and I have issues with with other um, stuff going on in, in the movies. But, um, you know, it's the kind of thing where, hey, if I was doing a script reading, you know, I'd give him some some notes, maybe saying, what if he did this or this or this? And it probably wouldn't change anything that he's doing because, you know, uh, sometimes you get notes from your friend and you say, yeah, that, but that's not what I'm doing with this movie, you know? And, uh, and so my issue with us, for example, I could totally see, um, you know, him saying, but that's not what I'm doing with this movie. I'm not going to say anymore. I don't want to spoil. Um, so now peel back that layer. We're still sitting in that restaurant. Uh, and you have either decided, Ooh, ah, I want to go see this movie now, you know, or you haven't. Um, but now I'm going to talk with, with still no spoilers, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper into talking about some of the themes, some of the stuff that's going on here. Um, so these are surface level thoughts. Uh, so with Get Out, especially, that, that was a thriller, it had different layers and levels. Um, but the most obvious is that there, this is a movie about racism in America. And it wears its theme on its sleeve. You know, as, as you're watching it, you're like, oh, well, I can totally see you know, what, what they're doing. I could see some people not recognizing what they're doing in that movie because they're doing things in that movie that those people might actually say, Hey, yeah, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. What, what's the problem here? You know, I could see that happening, but, uh, there's just that very obvious theme that's looking at race in America because it starts, you know, from the trailer, you would already know this, but it starts with this relationship between a guy who's African-American and a girl who is Lily white. And, um, they have a relationship and right there you are starting and you're jumping into something that could potentially be, um, you know, even a political, uh, powder keg, um, not just, just 20 years ago, maybe, but, um, but it's also just a thriller on its own, 
you know, and it's, it's scary on its own. And it's basically, she brings him home to meet the parents. And if you've ever been that guy going home to meet the parents of your girlfriend for the first time, then yes, there is a level of fear. And so that's where, you know, any movie that's not, no, let me put it this way. When you make a movie, you make it from your perspective and your viewers experience it from their perspective. And then there are just layer after layer after layer. And so while I may not have been able to resonate experientially with the racism ideas and themes that are happening in this movie, um, because that's just not my experience in life as a 40 year old white man, 44 year old, sorry, didn't mean to lie, a uh, 44 year old white man. Um, but there are other things that are, you know, universal. And then there are things that are, you know, that cross just individual boundaries. For example, being that guy going home to meet the girlfriend's parents for the first time. That's not universal, but it is something that's understandable by many, many different people just by looking at it. And that's one of the things that's good about art is art allows us to step into other people's shoes and understand their world and maybe even understand their worldview by stepping into their shoes. But then you're also seeing things that are, are familiar to you. And so then, you know, bringing the boyfriend home to meet mom and dad. Um, if you've been that girlfriend, you've experienced that. If you've been that boyfriend, you've experienced that. But then you can also flip it, you know, and girls can remember the time they were brought home to meet the boyfriend's mom or dad originally, you know, the first time they did that. And so these movies work on like any good art, a lot of different levels, but the primary themes that are happening were things that, like I said, they're not things that I've experienced uh, personally, as far as the, you know, the racism and stuff they're dealing with. Now us has deeper themes and maybe even more themes and they're more hidden uh, the good thing about it is as they're hidden, that does mean they're a little bit deeper. It's not just they're hidden because they're not there. They're hidden because they are deeper. And it's still about America. I, I would say that Get Out and Us both are very much American movies in that they are about the experience of people, you know, in, in Get Out, it's racial experience in America. With us, it's a broader experience in America, but they're both very much American movies. And the themes may not be as evident at first, but they do become more and more evident as the movie goes on and as it gets deeper. Now, like I said, both of them have racially motivated themes, though. With, with Get Out, its race is very, very evident and very, very upfront. But with us, it is um, more subtly and more broadly, and it gets into ideas of social classes and identity and us versus them. And... Anyone who has you know seen every once in a while I get grumpy on Facebook, but I, I really I hate the us versus them that we have happening in uh, our world right now, where you know political us versus them, religious us versus them, um, racial us for us versus them. I mean, there's just these barriers that we're putting up where we're saying you are not one of us, you are not as good as us, or you are not you know belong as much as us. Um, and so that that got me thinking, got me, yeah, both of them, I should say, had, had me thinking long after the movie. Uh, Get Out had me thinking about unconscious racism even, um, even though there's very 
obvious and explicit racism going on in the story of the movie, but it had me thinking about unconscious racism and this um, undercurrent of racism that you may not even notice until you're walking through it with someone. Well, Us had me straining to make sense of things after the ending, and I keep on saying that in spite of the issues I had with the plot, it's true though, in spite of the issues that I had with that plot, and the revelations that went along with it. It's still a very, very, very good movie that works really, really well on a metaphorical level. In fact, it actually works, I think, best on a metaphorical level. Once I'm able to divorce myself from the plot that was going on, I'm able to you know, be more accepting of the issues that I had. Uh, so looking at these two movies, I think Twilight Zone is in good hands. Um, and in fact, I think both of these movies could have worked well, just trim them down a little bit, and you got a Twilight Zone episode. And I think us, you know, I... If I were to do like a fan edit, I would do the fan edit that would be the Twilight Zone edit where it cuts out some of the issues I had with it. Because Twilight Zone had, there's some episodes where if I, if you, uh, getting into spoilers, <laughs> but Twilight Zone didn't always have the most sensical plots. There's a lot of nonsensical stuff. Like, how does this world even exist? Like the one with the, um, the people who all look ugly, they all look the same but we think that she's going to be made to look beautiful. And then it turns out, no, it didn't work, but she already was beautiful. You know, that kind of thing. Um, that world only works within the context of that story. And that's something similar here with us. That world only works within the context of that story and the metaphor that they're creating. And so as a metaphor, as a fantasy, it works, but I'm not going to get any more into that. Um, and like I said before, there are people out there who, truly enjoyed the things that I had a problem with. And to them, those parts enhanced the movie, made it even more genius to them. And I wish I'd seen the same movie that they had seen in, in that regard. Um, because that's just not the way I experienced the movie. But as it stands, they both make you think. And before I get into spoilers, I would again say, good, good, good stuff. I really enjoyed these two movies as movies. Um, there's language and they are R-rated. And they are rated for a reason. Again, I'm not going to share these movies with my children anytime soon. Um, but as a as an adult who knows their their boundaries on what they want to watch and what they want to um, put into their head and put into their eyes and put into their ears, your eyes are going to witness violence and blood and gore. Not a lot of it, but it is there. And your ears are going to witness language and a lot of of harsh. Uh, foul language being used um, and it earns its R rating in that regard. So that said, I'm going to move on into some spoilers now. So I'm going to play the spoiler organ because that's what we do. So um, go see these movies. If that's your kind of thing, if it's not, go ahead and listen to the rest of this episode and hear what I had to think about it. Spoilers. 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 Okay, you have been warned, and I'll also warn you, there's so much to talk about in these two movies, I can't possibly, possibly talk about it all. So Get Out, like I said, got me thinking about racism, because of course it did. <laughs> and, and there's a lot to sort through. Um, there's more to sort through than I'll even ever be able to really wrap my, my mind around, because frankly, the issue is so big. It's enormous. And on one hand, that's actually kind of the point here. This movie, uh, 
is tackling a gigantic issue. And it's tackling it in a way that is to create conversation and it's going to create a lot of different conversations for different people. Uh, with that said, I mean, this movie wasn't made for me, um, but it was sort of made about me, you know, <laughs> or at least it was made about the culture I live in and how it butts up against other um, kind of cultures within our country. Uh, of course, every single person in this movie, <laughs> this is spoilers here. Every single person in this movie who looks like me is evil. Uh, there may have been some people in the airport walking by who weren't evil, but everyone else was. Um, there was one character, and, and this is probably the one ding I, I would get the give the movie, is that the girlfriend at first seems to be good, but then at the end, uh, no, she's not safe. She's not good. It's all an act. And they made for a really uncomfortable scene where he has just figured out that she has been lying to him. So she's been lying to him. He knows that her family are bad and they're doing bad things. And when he's trying to get away, they can't find the keys to the car. And he keeps calling out to her for help when he knows she's been lying to him. And it makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel frustrated. I, I'm watching him. It's like, dude, shut up. Stop calling her and get out. <laughs> like, Hence the title. Um and, and in some ways, making her the villain, because she really is the, the main villain in the, in the sense that she's the one who brings him in. She's the one who does the most bad to him because she's the one emotionally uh, manipulating him. Um, the villain, making her the villain kind of lets, in some ways, lets white people off the hook or puts white people on a different hook. I don't know. I don't even know what I mean. Up until the revelation that the girlfriend is in on the situation, she's in on it because she's been bringing um, like a, like a cat bringing dead birds kind of thing. Um, she's been bringing um, people, African-American young men and some young women to the house to, um, be part of this experiment where they're trading bodies. And then we find out she's in on it. Um, now, at that point, before she reveals, yeah, I'm actually a part of this, she's in on it without realizing that she's in on it. Uh, as far as we are concerned while we're watching it, we know that she is bringing these men to the house, but she seems like she could still be on the side of good. Um, what I mean is, is that up until that point, she's actually a good representation of people in this country who are part of the majority and who want to think that things aren't as bad as they are. I mean, people like like me, possibly if you're listening right now, people like like you, they, they're people who, who want to think that they're helping and who want to think that racism isn't there until they're confronted with the reality. And so that's where I'm watching this girl and I'm watching her, you know, say, hey, it's not that big of a deal my parents don't care that you're black. They're not going to care. It's going to be okay. My dad is a dad, you know, and so he's kind of goofy in that way. But um, when we find out that she's actually evil, it, it just kind of flips things a little bit. Um, so we have all these people here who actually are evil and part of the secret society who are doing this and they're all white, you know, she, as far as the movie is telling us at this point, isn't a part of that. 
And so she doesn't realize her parents are bad until she's confronted with the reality. Her family, at the beginning of the movie, we think that she realizes that they are actually subtly and perhaps unconsciously racist along with their friends. And she realizes that she is herself blind to these things until confronted by them because she has now stepped into the situation with her boyfriend. Then the turn happens and her family turns out to be not unconsciously racist. They are systematically racist. Like they, That's all that their life is built on is racism in some ways, or at least the, the their future life is built on that. So while they, those people in the family may not believe that they are racist, but they do believe that they are superior and their usage of black people's bodies is intentional and purposeful. And everything that they do has an undercurrent of racism um, as part of their evil plot. When you lump her in with it, then suddenly it kind of changes the perspective that she brought to the movie because everything that she was doing was an act. Now, like I said, I'm talking about, does that take, does the movie take white people off the hook by placing it all on these mustache twirling evil villains? I think it does a little bit because nobody believes that they are a mustache twirling evil villain. And so as I'm watching it, I'm like, how am I like her where she's getting exposed to this new, no, she's not getting exposed to anything new. She's evil and she's seen it all before and she doesn't care because she's evil. So does the movie actually let white people off the hook or does it put people on a white people on a different hook? I, I don't know. Um, because once that turn happened, it was a little disappointing because, you know, the things that I was kind of working through in my own mind just kind of got pushed to the side because she's twirling her mustache. <laughs> so uh, a side note about this, if you believe that there is no racism in America or that it's so dead that it doesn't really affect people anymore or affect policy anymore or create situations that are unfair or not equitable. Um, this movie is not for you because this movie is absolutely talking about situations that are unfair and not equitable and that, you know, the black experience is different than the white experience in America because of the way people respond and react and act around individuals who have white skin and individuals who have dark skin. And so if you don't believe that there is racism in America or that it's so non-existent that it's it might as well not even be talked about um this movie is not for you also you're wrong <laughs> um modern america may not be as quantifiable as it has been when people are actually like out and proud about being part of the kkk kind of thing um not out and proud enough to you know walk around without a mask but um and you know racism may not be above the surface as much as it has been because it's not like i said it's not cool to be out and proud with your racism um but but it is there and and i've seen it happening i i see it from the outside and, and i've listened to people's experiences and it is definitely there <clears throat> so anyway thematically speaking i feel like get out is the better movie it has a plot that is tightly wound 
plot is consistent. And perhaps the final scene is this one scene that veers out of that consistency of tone and theme as the police car pulls up and it's not the police, but his best friend from the TSA. And I'll admit to feeling some relief actually when he gets out of the car and you realize it's not the police because if it had been the police, it would have been a really bad situation because he was there with these dead people all over him. And he's actually on top of one of the people and trying to choke her. And, but I was wondering, you know, would that be the more, would that ending with police had actually been a more um, true ending to this movie. And then I saw the alternate ending, which is the very situation I was talking about playing out. And of course you watch it happen and it brings out images of not too distant memories here in America as he, an innocent man in the sense that he may have been involved in all that. And there was some deaths that he was involved in creating. Um, but it was all in self-defense people who were doing very evil things to him and potentially to a lot more people if it didn't stop. Uh, and he gets arrested by white police officers, but in prison six months later, he's happy that he knows he stopped it. And that means no one else will have to go through that process. Um, I definitely think the ending they went with is the better ending. It's the more satisfying ending. And like I said, I actually felt relief when the guy steps out and hits his friend, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he actually might get out of this, you know, and might get out of this not only alive, but without going to jail. And so both endings would have worked, but this is the one that's definitely more the more crowd pleasing ending, especially bringing in the friend. I mean, he's a funny character and um, it was nice to see him. So anyway, uh, Us had, it was a really strong movie, as I said before. There's some inconsistencies in tone, and then there's also some things that felt like plot holes to me. And I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. The The plot holes and the inconsistency in tone both went together. And basically, the big question just comes down to how the heck have thousands and thousands of people lived unknown and unseen beneath the surface and survived you know, how did this work that no one ever found one of them coming up and getting food or anything like that? I mean, the, the one little girl happened to go up and that's the only one that actually wandered up there. And for some reason, it was able to wander up there because the little girl she was tethered to also was doing some wandering or something like that. Like, that's the other thing is. You know, how is it that basically if plot dictates that they need someone to break out of the tethering, then then it can happen. But if not, it, it can't. I, I don't know. I don't know. For some reason, they're all staying down there. Not one of them has wandered out. And there you have this huge operation and they've just abandoned it. And none of the people involved in the operation have said anything about it. And it has to be huge. I mean, you got thousands and thousands of, of these clone things maybe uh, and there's no locked doors keeping them down there they could leave anytime they want they're living on rabbit meat and they hate it and so eventually they're going to do their plan but why didn't any walk out before the plan you know it just doesn't make any sense and and they're only living on rabbit meat but what did the rabbits eat and how did they get the food for the rabbits and the operation has been shut down for decades and I, yeah and that bugged me and it looked ridiculous to see the tethered, you know, as they're like, they're tethered to their people and they're going down the roller coaster and pantomiming the other people's actions in that hallway. It just looked ridiculous. And and that's where I kind of started to be like, oh, I don't know about this. Now, like I said, there are some friends of mine who really enjoyed it and it didn't bother them at all. In fact, it just elevated it in some ways. And, and so I just didn't see the same movie that they saw. 
one other thing that I would mention is that there's some theories going around about the tethered. You know, one is linking the tethered to Michael Myers and and the Halloween movies. Another is linking the tethered. Um, well, not linking the tethered. It, it's uh, the theory that Jason himself. Not Jason from Friday the 13th, but Jason, the kid, is actually also a tethered kid. And so just like his mother, who as a child wandered up and then surprise twist that you probably saw coming, but it still was kind of kind of neat. Um, turns out that the mother has been the tethered version all this time and that Jason did the same thing as a child. But it makes no sense based on anything else you see in the movie. This just doesn't make any sense. And it's not a mind-blowing theory, Reddit. So just stop it, okay? It's not mind-blowing. It's not. Jason is Jason. He's not one of the tethered. He didn't switch. And if he did switch, it had to have been like the last year they were there. And... You know, it, it just doesn't make sense in what the movie gave us that, that he's one of the tethered. So, no. Uh, anyway, all the goofiness aside, that goofiness of what was going on down there was just so well filmed and so well acted. And, and I'm honestly, I'm okay with letting one quadrant be weak if it means the other three are super strong and the other three quadrants plot theme and style are so strong even in the moments where i'm like rolling my eyes because i'm watching these people you know bounce up and down with their legs uh to pretend like they're on a on a roller coaster because they're you know tethered to the people above because it's those themes it's the things that this is talking about and the way it's talking about it and you know there was one other goofy moment that i thought was a goofy moment until we got to the end and that's when um Adelaide's, uh, I think that's her name, her double, they say, who are you? And they say, we're Americans. And I thought, oh, wow, it's really on the nose. Okay, this is all about American society. But no, not really, because you see everything play out. And thematically, yeah, it, it is all about American society and whatever. But um, they are Americans. And the title is Us, U.S., right? Uh, and, and it is saying something about them being Americans, but it's almost like it's not, hey, I'm saying this to make a comment about Americans when I say this particular line. It's actually more like uh, a plea. We're Americans, just like you, you know, and, and, you know, shouldn't you treat us that way? And so anyway, yeah, uh, there's also this whole this dualism thing going on and the tethered, they they share a soul with the people above, you know, and, and this is an important detail because it links us all together. It's another use of the title. There is, you got this us thing going on and it's an inclusive pronoun us. There's a layer of theme here that causes us to see our nation, you know, and it's divided. And, and so we're looking at this division between the people down there and the people up here. And, and there's this division, but we are an us. We should not be divided. Us, we are linked together. And when we lose one portion from that link, you know, we're not whole anymore. You know, we are losing part of our soul by putting up barriers and pushing people away. We are 
breaking down that group, that us. And 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 so in this movie, it, it starts small and it's just us is this family and then this nation, perhaps even the world. But as bad things happen and we start dividing and cutting it up so that we cut us up and us turns into them. And, and that resounds with me, you know, with, with just the divisions that we have going on and not, it's not just current day stuff. I mean, it's, it's always been there where we have these divisions between social classes and we have these divisions between religion and we have these divisions between, between race. And, and, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a great uniter, but I'm a uniter. I want us to come together. I want us to start trying to understand each other. And instead, you know, instead of trying to understand each other, we demonize each other. And yeah, so it just, it, the things that this movie gets me thinking about, you know, some of it resounded with me. There's uh, also so much emphasis on two sides of a single thing. You know, the song from the trailer five on it, I actually looked it up and I'm not familiar with the song, uh, but it's about um, putting five down on a, a $10 um, bag, a uh, dime bag of, of marijuana. And, you know, the song is all about, I'm too poor to get the dime bag with my own money. I'll put five on it, you know, and we can split the cost. And so right there, two sides split cost of drugs, even though in the movie, the dad says it's not about drugs and totally is about drugs. Um, then you have the verse Jeremiah 11, 11, which just uses that 11, 11, um, you know, as uh, this this mirroring um, two sides thing, uh, but then there's also twin girls and even scissors. Uh, scissors are a metaphor for the kinds of things that this movie is talking about, where you have these two blades, and without the two blades working together, the scissors don't work well. And then there's the whole hands across America thing, which I remember hands across America being a big deal before it happened and just like everyone was talking about it and there was a big bust and afterward it was just kind of a letdown um and in this movie the tethered actually ended up being more successful it would seem um in, in making hands across america happen so that's hey cool good on them right uh some of the visual stuff that's going on here and i've talked about you know the classic um uh, horror movies, the, you know, the, the prestige horror movies that this kind of um, riffs on. Uh, but there's also Jaws, uh, where you have the kid wearing the Jaws shirt as things are happening in the scene that actually kind of are reminiscent of of the movie Jaws. And, and then I'm also reminded of uh, Metropolis, you know, that old, old sci-fi movie where it's, it still stands up, by the way. Uh, so Metropolis, it's black and white, it's silent, but watch it. It's really, really interesting. And there are parts where it does get a little slow, but um, that was the first time on film where they actually had a science fiction movie about the, uh, you know, the haves and the have nots and having the have nots live in the lower levels of the city and the haves live up above in the higher levels of the city. And you have that same kind of thing going on here. And it really works thematically when you see it play out um thematically it does not work as well for me visually 
but thematically it works. And so I wanted to end then on Jeremiah eleven eleven, um, which Jeremiah eleven, um, starting verse nine, it says, "Then the Lord said to me, There's a conspiracy among the people of Judah and those who live in Jerusalem. They have returned to the sins of their ancestors, who refused to listen to my words. They have followed other gods to serve them. Both Israel and Judah have broken the covenant I made with their ancestors." Here's verse 11. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will bring on them a disaster they cannot escape. Although they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Which happens in this movie. Uh, there's a disaster. They can't escape. There's no one to help them. And then continuing, the towns of Judah and the people of Jerusalem will go out, will go and cry out to the gods to whom they burn incense, but they will not help them at all when disaster strikes. You, Judah, have as many gods as you have towns and the altars you have set up to burn incense and that shameful God Baal, to that shameful God Baal are as many as the streets of Jerusalem. But yeah, I mean, that whole verse there, the whole section there is just about turning away from God and how there is hopeless when you turn away from God and that when you turn away from God, the disasters that come upon you, you're not going to be able to survive them because you've, you've turned away from, from the covenant that you made with God. And, you know, this whole movie kind of plays out where it's these forgotten people. Um, you have America and consumer culture and you have all these things up above where they're, you know, um, just indulging in things that the people below can't even imagine. The taste of things is not the same and the, the, the feeling of things is not the same. And you have this girl who escaped that. And then the girl who escaped that, that means someone else had to go back down in her place to the, the underground. And that, that, that girl is, one, is the one who actually leads the, the rebellion by returning to her, her homeland, like a, a, a perversion of the of Moses in some ways you know let my people go and it just there's there's so much you can think about so much you can um chew on and and so much to enjoy even though there were parts that I didn't enjoy yeah so that's that's uh my brief conversation about get out and us and there's so much more that could be talked about and so much that I'm missing so much that I didn't pick up on that I maybe should have but um but overall, I, I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed the movies and, and I enjoyed wrestling with what the movies were trying to say. And that's good art. That's not, that's great art in my mind. And I'm really curious what Jordan Peele is, is going to do next. And, uh, he's, he's on the rise, you know, as someone to be watching as, as, as a, as a genre storyteller. To, to be watching. I mean, he brings a, um, a real interesting flair, uh, but that has a grounding in what's come before like twilight zone and, and those other movies I was talking about. So yeah. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening. And I, I do appreciate um, spending time like this with my buddies, but I also enjoy talking about these things with just you, you know, it's just me and you when we have these conversations. So uh, I would like to remind you that you can go to supersonicpodcomics.com slash Kickstarter and you can find our Kickstarter. It's happening, you know, in 2019, April 3rd, if you're listening in the month of April, basically um, we're going to end it, I believe on the 28th of April. And so uh, we would love to have you 
help out and and support our Kickstarter, help us to get these stories out and help us to tell good stories. And we're very excited about doing that. And uh, after the credits, I'm going to play the promo that we created uh, to talk about why we're doing what we're doing and what what the the Kickstarter is going to be about. And yeah, I mean, and we have stretch goals coming up. These stretch goals will allow us to tell more and different stories. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, More stories beyond just the weekly episodes. So yeah. So again, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for listening and uh, Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David. Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. Once again, thanks for listening. Hi, I'm J.S. Earls, and I want to invite you to a new project some friends and I are starting. And I'm Ben, Ben Avery. J.S. and I love stories and storytelling. We've both worked in many different mediums for story, including comics, animation, novels, audio drama, podcasting, and even puppets. Whatever it takes to tell a good story. Working with other comics, story, and audio professionals, Ben, Nathan James Norman, and I are creating a new superhero audio drama universe. We're creating this in the spirit of monthly comic books from the big publishers. And we're also writing this in the spirit of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or other franchises where each series and chapter tells its own story, but they fit together in a larger narrative. We're doing it in an audio format, with each episode being delivered free weekly to your favorite podcast app. Ben and I have been in the comic industry for almost 20 years. We love the comic work we've done and are doing, but in this audio format, we're able to avoid things like the printing costs, the difficulty of wide distribution, and many other obstacles. Storytelling in this format allows us to use the greatest artist possible, your own imagination. Although in the future, if things go well, we do hope to tell some stories in the comic book format. But storytelling in this format allows us to use actors and sound design to paint the picture in your mind. To do this, we're recruiting a cast of new and established actors to populate the supersonic pod comics universe. So, we're kickstarting this project to get the funds needed for actors and writers and engineers and sound and music elements and web and podcast hosting in order to create and provide consistent, high-quality superhero adventures. This is where we need you. If you're a professional or amateur actor, we need your talent. We're writing and producing this series ourselves, 
and we want to gather vocal talent from across the country. Only voice acting talent and a good microphone are required. So for now, we invite you to join us. Actors and actresses, contact us. Lovers of good stories and superheroes and audiobooks and radio dramas, please help us out by pledging your support through Kickstarter. Go to www.supersonicpodcomics.com for more information.